Welcome back to the What's the Breakdown podcast. Join us for today's episode, The Power of Prayer. Hey guys and gals, welcome back to the podcast. This is Ben Stevens, and uh, today on our episode, we're going to be talking about the power of prayer. So, you know, prayer is one of the most vital parts in the life of a follower of Christ. You know, as a matter of fact, it, it's one of the most specific identifiers and practices that we can see in the early church. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, in the 42nd verse, it, it tells us that the, the identifiers or the characteristics or the practices of the early church was that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So one of the most important aspects of the early church was they focused on prayer. And so my question to you today, and as we identify the breakdowns that we see in our own lives and in the lives of other believers within the church and how we can rectify those and be consistent and obedient with what God has told us, my question to you is this, do you believe that prayer is powerful? And not just do you believe it, but do you practice it? And this is coming from myself that I would be real honest with you that this is one major part of my spiritual life that God has made clear to me that has to improve. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you some things today that I've learned over the time of my ministry, uh, over the time in growing as a Christian, learning Scripture, and uh, just experiencing God in different ways. And so I just want to uh, point out to you just four things to think about today when you're talking about prayer and your prayer life. So I don't know what you do personally. I don't know what your prayer life is like if you get up in the mornings and you say a prayer or if the only prayers you say during the day are before you eat or maybe just when things are going bad. I don't know. Maybe you pray a lot, that you have a prayer closet, that you have you have a prayer journal, or whatever it may be. But I just want to share with you four things that I've learned um, over the, over this 39 years of life that I've spent. And, uh, and, and I hope and pray that these are helpful to you, that they help you grow in your walk with Christ and help you to understand prayer a little better and move you in a direction that becomes more dependent upon God. So the first thing is this. We need to recognize that prayer is a privilege. It's a privilege. You know, you you talk to your family and you talk to those who you're close to a lot differently than you talk to strangers, you know? And the question is why? Why do we talk to people that we're close to differently than we talk with strangers? Well, it's because we trust them. We have a relationship with them. We have access to them. They've seen us at our worst and we've seen them at at their worst, and yet we still love each other and we're still close to each other. And so there is this intimacy there with those we're close to that we can talk to them in a way that's real, a way that's not superficial in any in any, in any way and is usually um, deeper and more meaningful than we would necessarily talk with strangers. You know, when Jesus died and it said the earth shook and the veil was torn, it ripped in two in the temple, that was a huge moment in history because where we did not have access to God and the high priest had to go in once a year to offer up sacrifices for our sins into the most holy place. He had to go through that veil. Well, that veil is what represented our separation for God from God due to our sin. But when Jesus died and paid the price for our sin, that veil was torn, symbolizing the fact that we now have access to God through our relationship in Jesus Christ. And I want to read this to you because in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, Verses 19 through 20, the author of Hebrews makes this very clear to us what Jesus did. So check this out. He says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is, his body, 
And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. See, we can now enter the most holy place because of Jesus' blood. We can approach the throne of God confidently, not because of anything we've done, not because of any worth that we have intrinsically, but because of Jesus and what he's done for us and in us. So we don't deserve this access, yet God invites us in. And it says he hears our prayers. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear their cries and I will heal their land. That's what he tells us in the book of um, one of the Chronicles. You know, when, when we pray, do we recognize the privilege that we have to talk to the king of the universe, the creator of all things? that we have access to him. So don't just think, don't take prayer flippantly, but take it with the very honor that it is, the privilege that it is to be able to come to the one who is above all things because he's given us access to himself. It is a privilege. Second thing is this, that when we pray, it demonstrates the dependence upon God. Okay, See, God already knows our prayers. Jesus made that very clear in the Gospels, that he knows what we're going to pray before we ever pray it. So the question is, why do we pray? If God already knows what I'm going to say, why should I say it? It's because when we confess something, when we admit something, when we say something, we are recognizing that we believe whatever we're saying or we believe who we're talking to. And so when we come to God and we lift our requests to him, we lift our our worries and our anxieties and our struggles to him, it's because we believe he's the one who can fix. He's the one who can heal. He's the one who can sustain. He's the one who can strengthen. And so what we're doing by doing that is we're recognizing that we are dependent upon God. See, so it's part of a relationship to communicate with one another. And so that's what we're doing with God. We're demonstrating that we are in relationship with him and that it also demonstrates our place in the relationship. You know, I have three kids, and every one of them, when they're little, if they're hurt or if they're scared or if there's something going on, they always look up and they reach up for mommy or for daddy to pick them up and hold them because they recognize that mom and dad are the ones who they believe can help fix the situation. And so when we go to God to pray, we recognize where we are in this relationship. We are not God. We are not in control, but rather he is the one in control. And so by praying to him, we recognize our place in this relationship that we are completely dependent upon him. So, you know, we go to him in prayer for several things. You know, we go to him in prayer to worship him. We go to ask for his help, his help in, in you know, tough situations or things that are going on in our lives. We thank him for what he's done. We, we go to him to recognize our need for him, just to simply carry on through the day, give us strength just to make it through the day, to make it through whatever we're struggling with. We, we go to him in prayer to ask for guidance or for strength in a certain situation or for um, you know whatever's going on in your life, wherever you're going or you're, un, you're uncertain about something and you're trying to make a tough decision. Sometimes we go to him in prayer praying for someone else on behalf of someone else's situation or we're praying on behalf of a lost person that God would draw them through the Holy Spirit, or we go to God and we, and we literally ask him for forgiveness. We ask him to forgive us of our sins. All of these things demonstrate our recognition of our own helplessness and our utter need for him. So not only is it a privilege that we can come to him, 
But by coming to him, we show our dependence upon him, which exalts him as God, puts him in the proper place in our lives that we don't have control, but rather he does. The third thing I've learned, Scripture tells us to pray continually, okay, to, to offer up prayer continuously, right? And so the question is, you're like, how can, how can I pray all the time? I mean, I, there's got to be other, we're called to love and serve, and so how can I just pray all the time? I don't think that's what that verse is getting at. I think what they're trying to tell us in that passage is that we are to live a life as though we are constantly leaving our prayers, right? We live our life as a result of the prayers we offer. So we must believe that God can answer the prayers, not just that he can, but we also believe that he will move in whatever way is most glorifying to him. And so we live believing that he will take care of whatever we've laid at his feet. I'll give an example of how this could look. So my youngest child, uh, who's just turned five, he was, he was saying the blessing the other day um, before we ate. And my oldest son was sick at the time, was not feeling good. And so when my youngest son prayed, he's still working out how to, how to create sentences and, and use the proper grammar and things like that. But in his prayer, he effectively said something like, thank you, God, for helping my brother get better. Or thank you, God, that my brother's better. Thank you that he's okay. Well, he wasn't okay at the moment. He was still sick. But he was already thanking God that he was better. And I know, I'm sure that wasn't necessarily what he intended, but it it really struck me when he said it because that's how we truly should pray, is that we believe that God's going to do what we ask. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective, that God hears the cries of his people. And so do we... Pray to God asking for his help, for his intervention, for his guidance, for his movement, for his word, for his understanding, for his forgiveness, and then walk out the door and immediately try to control things ourselves? Or do we live a life that recognizes what we pray for and believes that God's going to do it? So, for example, if I prayed for God to put somebody in my path today that I could speak to about Jesus, that God would would create a a so-called divine appointment for me, then do I go out in that day looking for people or do I just ignore people throughout the day? Because if I believe God's going to do it, then I'm also going to be looking for those opportunities. I'm going to look for those people. If, If I pray that God would give me the strength to endure a situation, then do I just give up when it gets hard? Or do I actually press through believing that he's going to give me the endurance to make it? See, we live our lives as though our prayers are being heard. And, and so that's how we pray continually is that we live a life believing in the prayers that we've offered up to God, that God is going to move. And so we trust him in that, right? And the last thing is this. So not only is prayer privilege, not only does prayer show our dependence upon God, Not only should we pray continually by living our lives out, living our prayers out in our lives. You know, we pray for our kids to be, um, to to know the Lord. Well, are we living a life that shows them that? Are we being part of God's prayer, part of God's answer to that prayer? Are we just expecting God to do everything? Are we asking him to use us? Because that's how we live those prayers out in our life is believing that God will do it. And whatever he's called us to do to be part of it, that's what we're going to do. But the last thing is this, with your prayers. Be honest. You know, share your heart with God. Because, again, there's no 
quote-unquote right way to pray other than just being honest with God and, and worshiping Him and recognizing Him for who He is. There's not a magic bullet prayer because you can look all through Scripture and, and people pray all kinds of different prayers. I mean, just in the book of Psalms, David prays all kinds of prayers from heartfelt, heartbroken, um, down in the dumps to exaltation and worship and praise. And, you know, they're all over the place. And, uh, but they're all honest and they're all forthright and, and just sharing with God what's on his heart and what's on his mind. And so you, you need to be truthful to God, especially since he already knows what you're going to pray. If he knows your heart and then you act like it's not a big deal when you pray to him, that's dishonest, right? We're supposed to worship him in spirit and in truth. So it's okay to come to God and be angry or sad or excited or scared. All that stuff's okay when you pray because that's how you really feel. And, you know, God is a big God. He can, he can handle it if you're upset. He can handle it if you're worried. He can handle it if you're scared. He wants us to come to him just as we are. That's why we go to him, because he is truly in control, and he loves his children. So be honest with him. You know, don't pray just to be heard by others. You know, your, your prayer is not about your exaltation. Your prayer is about going to the one who's worthy. You know, the Pharisees had a bad habit of this, of praying out loud in public for all to hear big, long, lengthy prayers that people would listen to and be like, oh, my goodness, they are so holy. They are so good. They must be so godly. But they were praying so that they could be heard, not that God could hear them. And when we pray today, guys, when we go to God with a sincere heart, we're going to God because of God, because we recognize who he is and that he's the one He's the one who loves us. He's the one who has the plan. He's the one whose will we desire. You know, present your requests to God. It says to do it with, with thanksgiving is what the Bible tells us. Present all your requests to God with thanksgiving. You know, pray, pray for your children. Go to God and battle on behalf of your kids because Satan's trying to destroy your family. He's trying to destroy your kids. He's trying to distract them, deceive them, draw them away from God. We are called to go to battle. God, show my kids. Open their eyes. Remove these evil influences in their life. You know, put a hedge of protection around them. Guard their hearts. Help me to be a leader for them. Show me how to teach them, how to guide them. Open their minds and hearts to your word and your spirit so they can know you and be known by you. Go, go, go to battle on behalf of your friends, your family, your church, your coworkers, the lost. Our government leaders, like we have an amazing opportunity to lift up those around us, whether they like it or not. That's the beauty of prayer is that you don't need someone's permission to pray for them, to pray God's will in their life, to pray that God would make them new, that he would break them down and build them up, that he would use you in whatever form he needs to in order to accomplish his work. We can go to battle on their behalf because there is a war being waged right now. And one of our weapons is prayer. Are you battling for the people around you? Because the Bible says this, we only need faith the size of a mustard seed. You know, because the reality is, is that you don't have to have much faith if the, if the object in which you place your faith is stronger than all things. See, we, we put our faith in the king above all kings, the one who created the heavens and the earth, who breathed life into existence. And so when we put our faith in him, even the tiniest bit of faith, can make mountains move. That's why he tells us that he doesn't need to increase our faith. We just need to be obedient. 
We just need to do what he's asked us to do. We just need to come to him. We just need to offer things up in prayer. We just need to pray for those who are sick. We just need to share the gospel. We need to read God's word. We need to know what he says. We need to serve those around us. We need to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. All these things are being obedient to the one in whom we place our faith. See, God will answer prayers, but he will do it for his glory. Now, do we benefit from that oftentimes? Sure. Yeah, it's for our good. But at the end of the day, it's always for his glory. Even when Jesus raised Lazarus, it was so that God's glory would be seen, not so that Lazarus would raise again, because Lazarus had to die a second time. Think about that. That's a bummer, right? But he did it so that people would see the glory of God. Prayers were answered for God's glory. See, guys, God can, and he will give you peace. He'll give you direction. He'll give you strength. And sometimes, oftentimes, I would say, it doesn't come in the way you think or the way you expect because God's ways are not our ways. But we need to be willing to hear it and to walk in it however he's called us because God's ways are perfect. So in conclusion, I would say this. Stop saying things like, all we can do is pray. If the early church devoted themselves to prayer, that's not something that we should look at as a last resort. Well, all we can do now is pray. That should be where we start. You know, in Acts chapter 4, just went over this at church just recently, when Peter and John got out of jail and they were told not to preach about Jesus anymore, they came back to the brothers and sisters in Christ and told them what had happened, how they were warned by the leaders, don't talk about him anymore, you'll get in trouble. And they immediately went to the Lord in prayer and they asked him to strengthen them so that all of them could share with boldness, with boldness, the message of Christ, and it said that the room was shaken and the Holy Spirit filled them and they went out to share the gospel. So it's, All we can do is pray is the wrong idea. It's the wrong mentality. What we need to recognize is that we get to pray. We can pray. We should pray. We need to pray because if we're going to the one who can restore, we're going to the one who can strengthen, we're going to the one who can guide, and that's not something that's a last resort. It should be our first go-to. So create a habit of prayer today. Maybe you need to just start praying in the morning before you start your day, before you head off to work, before you get into the, the, the sea of stresses that your job may be or that you, you come in contact with on a daily basis. Maybe you just need to pray when someone comes to mind. I find oftentimes that if someone comes to mind and it seems random or it seems out of the blue, you need to pray for that person. Just stop what you're doing and say a quick prayer for that person that God would bless them, that he would help them, that they would be... Um, encouraged today that they would be reminded of his love, that he would be present in their life, that they would know that God was there in a, in a, in a tangible way. And um, maybe you need to pray before you have some endeavor, whether you have a, a meeting or um, a conference or you've got a job you have to do or a test you've got to take, that you would pray that God would just bless you in that, that he would help you, that he'd give you strength, give clarity of mind, whatever the case may be. Pray after that endeavor. Don't just pray before, but pray after and thank him. Give him praise for getting you through that moment, getting you through that thing. Even if it wasn't like you expected, even if it went bad, you're still there. You're still alive, and God is still good. He didn't change just because of your circumstances. So pray afterwards and thank him. Maybe you need to pray for the loss in your family right now. Pray not only that God draw them, but God use you, give you the words, give you the things to say, give you the opportunities to step in and speak the name of Jesus, to speak truth to them, to spread the gospel and give them the opportunity to know Christ. 
pray with others and for others. This is a, a habit that I've been trying to get into in the last several years is that when someone says, hey, can you pray for me or can you pray for my family or can you pray for so-and-so, I find it best that in that moment, invite them to pray right then. Because as Christians, there's no reason why we should not pray together. There's no reason why we should just be like, okay, I'll pray for them later. Why not pray then? Because what does the Bible say? Where two or more are gathered in my name, I am surely in the midst. When someone asks you to pray for somebody, Take that time, take that opportunity to join together with another believer and pray. Because I promise you this, at the very least, it will encourage that believer to know that there are people out there who care enough about them to go before God together, arm in arm, with their requests. Another thing to think about, keep up with God's answered prayers. When you see, when you come to him constantly with prayer, and you come to him with these requests, and God answers or moves in those situations, pray again and praise him. Pray again and brag on him. Give him the glory due his name because everything he's doing, all his answered prayers, all the things he moves is for his glory. So praise him for it. And last but not least, set an example for your family, for your spouse, for your kids on how to pray the importance of prayer. Because fathers, if you're listening to me, guys, if you don't make a prayer a priority in your life, your kids won't either. If you don't make prayer a priority in your life, your wife won't see it as a priority. You are supposed to be the leader of the house, the, the, the spiritual leader of your family. Lead them in prayer. Mothers, pray for your children. Pray for your husband. Pray for your household that God would watch over, protect it. This is how we show our kids what it's like to live a life that glorifies God and is obedient to him, and it starts with prayer. It starts with starting your day out with prayer, that we, we communicate with the God we believe in. You know, the other day I was praying for somebody, and my, my youngest came up to me, and he was like, what are you doing, Dad? And I just told him, I said, I'm just talking to God, just talking to God, because I want him to know that that's not weird. That's not a strange thing. That shouldn't be an exception, but rather the rule that— we are people who pray because we're the only ones who have the God who is worthy to be prayed to. He is the only true God. And so we pray to him and we talk to him because of Jesus. So guys, recognize the power in prayer. You know, we're called to pray for the sick, pray for the lost, pray for our neighbor, pray for our enemy, pray for our, our husbands and wives, pray for our children. It is an active part of the life of a Christian. Don't let that be a breakdown in your life. If you're like, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. Just be honest with God. If you can talk to people, you can talk to God. Jesus gives us that privilege. Jesus gives us that ability. And if you don't know Christ, then you need to start by praying to God and confessing him, confessing that Jesus is the Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Be buried with him in baptism, raised to walk in a newness of life. The Holy Spirit through all this is drawing you and bringing you closer to God, and he will transform you. And we now have access to the Father through the blood of Jesus. That's why we can pray. Guys, don't neglect the power of prayer in your life because it's our access to God. It's our, it's our lifeline. It's our, it's our telephone line, and God is always there, and he always hears the cries of his people. I pray today, guys, that this was a blessing for you, that you will be encouraged by this. Feel free to, uh, to drop me a comment or to follow us on, on whatever um, platform you're using, whether it be Amazon Music or Spotify or Apple Podcast. But until next time, guys.
pray that this was a blessing. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. Join us next time on What's the Breakdown?